1: To another episode of Making Monsters, I'm Taylor Doll, and I was originally going to be on vacation this week and skip a week because I've done about 24 podcasts the last two months over potential draft picks, and um, now. I guess as I'm looking at some of the podcasts I did and the results of the draft podcast I wanted to just kind of go over that a little bit. So today I'm joined by Ian Cummings. Uh, he is a draft guy for Pro Football Network. Ian thanks so much for hopping on with me.
2: Yeah thanks for having me. I'm finally glad that we've had you know the results to go off of right. We wrote so many mock drafts in the months leading up to it. It's It's good to have results to reflect on and analyze for sure.
1: I know, especially for the Bears. I mean, I think some Bears fans slash media have been doing mock drafts for this year since last year, but especially probably since around November when they figured out that it wasn't going too well and how many holes the Bears actually had. And so that's why I think it was a really important offseason for the Bears. And obviously, they came into this with the most money that to have, to spend in free agency they had a good amount of draft picks still uh, they acquired some even with you know trading out of that first they added some in addition to what they already had so they were in a really good spot this year to fix as much as they possibly could um, in one se- one off season obviously it, it takes a little more than that sometimes but I want to go over some of your grades a little bit for the Bears uh, looking at it for, as a whole and I feel like you and I have a very similar idea when it comes to where's the edge? Where's that edge position at? Because I was kind of doing the same thing with each pick. OK, I would have liked an edge guy there. I would have liked some pass rush. Um, and obviously they did not. There's time this, that now through free agency with some other guys that maybe they'll pick something up. And we'll get to that a little bit more as we go through some of these grades. But obviously, uh, n- number one. They picked they traded down to nine and then they ended up trading back again and they got offensive tackle Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. I personally loved this pick. I was very high on Darnell Wright. I think number one him being that true right tackle uh was a, a major fill in for what the Bears needed on the offensive line after Justin Fields got sacked 55 times last year my number one was Paris Johnson but I had a feeling Paris Johnson was not going to be sitting there at nine and so obviously they gained a pick and got their guy that they kind of wanted in the first place but what was your overall thought of them with Darnell Wright because you have a B plus on that pick
2: yeah I gave it a B plus looking back I should I probably should have given it an A minus right you know just you know on my board of light reach for like, hey, he's still a top 25 prospect on my board. So, yeah, I'm not complaining. I still think he's a guy who can go and be an early starter right from day one and be a very good starter, right? So, you know, I think you look at the size, 6'5", 330. I mean, the dude is massive. The first time he caught my eye, you know, everyone talks about his showing against Will Anderson in 2022, but they, they faced each other in 2021 as well. And there was one rep where um he was on the backside of a run play and he got Will Anderson one-on-one and all he had to do was put out one arm and just torque him and he folded Will Anderson with one arm like this guy's got crazy power right so you know that that stands out right there but then you watch him in pass protection and especially this past year you know he's actually a very good short area athlete for his size very good corrective athleticism and mobility uh you know he can stay balanced and leveraged well matching guys back and he's got great hands too, very combative proactive hands he's got a mean snatch and trap at the line so you know overall you know i think i gave it a b plus initially just because of the valuation on my board but looking back you know, you get your starting right tackle, you protect your franchise quarterback, and he's got legitimate upside to go along with a high floor profile right now. So if I had to reevaluate, I'd probably go with A minus. Either way, it's a very good pick, and I think it's especially exactly what you need for Justin
1: Fields. Yeah, and I get it because I think a lot of people especially if you haven't been honing in on, you know, Bears needs every single day, you look at a right tackle going that high and maybe have a little question marks around that aspect, but and I know now we're we're just adjusting so much to this world where defenses have guys coming off both edges just as fast, just as quickly. You also have such mobile quarterbacks, one being Justin Fields where he's moving around and I think the importance of having strong protection on each side is Growing more and more to where that that difference between the right tackle and left tackle may be coming a little closer in importance. Do you think that's true, too?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, either way, you need a good player at both spots, right? You know, it's just with left tackle. It's left tackle is always going to be a little more important for a right handed quarterback because that's the blind side. Right. So the right tackle at least is in your line of vision. So if Darnell Wright starts to lose a rep, at least Fields can see that and he can, you know, start to evade a little bit quicker, right? So the response is going to be faster. But yeah, you need both, right? Because you do need to give your quarterback time and space to feel comfortable, go through his reads, right? So, you know, they're both important. And I agree with your assessment. You know, the edge rushers in today's NFL are getting more and more athletic. They're bendy. They got all the traits in the world, right? So getting a guy like Darnell Wright, who's as big and powerful as he is, but also as athletic as he is, right? And he does have left experience at left tackle, too, from earlier in career so Mm -hmm. you know if you did need him to move over there he can do that as well you know ideally braxton jones keeps developing and he ends up being a long-term starter we'll see what happens there but you know overall i think you know for what you need like you mentioned just protecting your quarterback and making him as comfortable as he can be uh, darnell wright provides a lot of optimism for that
1: now what were your thoughts on them moving back and missing out on jalen carter at that nine spot and picking darnell over jalen
2: yeah, that was tough. You know, I think again that that's an interesting one because it's going to be up to each team's character assessment of Carter, right? You know, some teams might have had him off their board entirely. We don't know if the Bears were that team, but you know, I do think that yeah, honestly, you know, I, I I'm not too concerned about it because they did get talented defensive tackles in round two and round three. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a reach for Dexter, and we well, I know we'll get into that later, but you know, I do think Dexter and Zach Pickens have a lot of talent, right? So I think. If you were going to pass on Carter, double up, right? You know, make sure that your investment is a little bit more substantial. So if one of those guys misses, maybe the other one hits. So, you know, I, I can't, I can't fault them too much because again, the teams had a lot more resources when it comes to getting really inside that situation, kind of learning about Carter's character head on. And, um, you know, if they passed on him, then maybe they just thought he wasn't a character fit. And at the end of the day, you know, that's as good a reason as any.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's one of the things that I've been shouting this whole offseason. A lot of people are had asked me several times, do they think that do I think that Ryan Poles will select Jalen Carter if he's sitting there at nine? My answer the whole time was I don't think so. Just from what the the glimpses of what I've got from Ryan Poles is he is a big character guy. And we saw it with Roquan last year. I I think that with all of the drama that happened with Roquan and him sitting out and then them trading him mid, like, you know, mid, I guess before midseason, but trading him during the season last year, to me, it was a very big indication that Ryan Poles wants people that want to be in Chicago, number one, and number two, guys who are going to be positive when it comes on the field, but also off the field. Uh, but let's move over to those defensive picks a little bit. So, obviously, Javon Dexter, defensive tackle out of Florida. I think a lot of people – I think most people thought it was a little bit of a reach. I did think he would go – he was a, a later round two, early round three. Personally, to me, um, I was a little surprised they went this way because, as you mentioned, the, that edge is ju- that was just one of the major needs that they needed, and there were some solid guys sitting there at this point. But – the Bears also needed to fix the trenches on each side, offensive line and defensive line. So they decided to address that. A lot of the negatives surrounding uh, Javon Dexter are maybe that he he leaves a little bit on the field. He's not quick. His get off isn't super quick. Uh, but there are some positives. So you gave him, I think it was a C-plus on this one. C-plus, yes. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on Javon and his fit with the Bears.
2: Yeah, for sure. Not a not a failing grade by any stretch. You know, he's a guy who he was a late day too on my board. I actually had Zach Pickens higher than him, so I do like that they compensated for that and getting pickings later on. So, but um, yeah, you know, I think with with Dexter, it's the talent, right? I mean, six foot six, three ten. Uh, he's built like a forklift. He can really easily get under guys and kind of wrench them up with his power. Uh, you know, he's got when he's on, he's got great get off. I think the stance is the issue because he did okay. test very well. At the combine i think he had a 32 inch vertical right so he's he's shown that he has the capacity right it's just a matter of getting off with enough consistency right to channel that power effectively um you know he's pretty raw right now technically yeah. i think that's the big issue with him and he doesn't have great proportional length his arms are i think are just over 32 inches so being six foot six you know that's not an ideal valuation for you so you know with that short slightly short reach you're gonna the margin for error is gonna be a little bit slimmer i think for you but you know at the end of the day you know, he's athletic, he's streamlined, he's really powerful, you know, and he does have a really good motor. I think that's going to be a good underpinning quality for him, is that he does always chase plays, he does always fight through contact, and, you know, that's something that the Bears can work with. So I think, you know, put him at three tech. I think that's where, you know, three tech. maybe he can slide a little bit inside, a little bit outside, not too much flexibility outside of that. I'd put him there and then let him go to work with that straight line explosiveness and that power, but, you know, he does need to refine his hand usage, I think that's big for him, but he is very young, he's a true junior coming out, so, you know, I feel like he's still pretty early in his developmental track and you know hey there are tools to work with
1: yeah and i think it's honestly the the way the reason it kind of fits for me number one him and zach pickens i think can they can move around the line a little bit one to three tech like you said i think they could play uh those anywhere between those but for the the off season, obviously they kept Justin Jones the Bears, and they had they added Andrew Billings. I don't personally know a whole lot of Andrew Billings, but it looks like those are going to be the starters. And Zach Pickens and Javon Dexter will kind of have a chance to battle for those starter positions, but also. Plus, loves his rotational pieces on the offensive line, so I think it will be more of rotating all of those guys between each other, um, and because we're talking about that defensive line, I want to skip over, I'm going to go back to Tyreek Stevenson, because I want to cut over to Pickens, and you said you liked, you had him graded higher than Javon Dexter on your board, and I agree, I love Zach Pickens, He I did, like I said, a ton of podcasts in the offseason of potential picks, but I couldn't hit all of the guys that could potentially be taken, but the... I. Did three? I hit on three of the four first four picks, so that was pretty fun, and Pickens was one of the ones that was on my list also that I'd really like to see. Uh, again, we're pointing to the edge. Why didn't you address edge? You get two defensive tackles, you get a corner, you get an offensive lineman, which I think that Ryan Poles, like I said, would may address that. If not, maybe it's just something he's comfortable with enough thinking that fixing that defensive line up front on the, the interior defensive line will help. that that, those guys on the outside a little bit. Uh, But tell us a little bit what you like out of Zach Pickens, because I feel like I've talked a ton about Pickens and and what I like about him, because on your grading, you you gave an A for this pick.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think the value is great, especially after getting Dexter, right? I think – you know, it's going to be interesting because neither one is completely finished as a product, right? So that is the one concern I have. You know, Pickens isn't quite as raw as Dexter, but he's still, he still has room to be more consistent as an operator, as you know, on the execution front. But, you know, again, I think the traits you're working with are very very appealing with him. He tested very well, and that shows up on tape. He's explosive, agile, very fluid as an athlete for his size, and he's six foot four, 300, with over 34-inch arms, again. So, you know, he's got the natural leverage to get under guys, too, but that arm length can help him stack and shed, you know, can help him. Wrench through blocks, and then as a pass rusher too, he's got to work in arsenal hand moves as well. So you know he can use speed to power. You know he can use little swims I and mean, on, on the interior violent swims to club guys around. So you know I think he's got all all of what he needs in his toolbox. And I do think you know with that combined athleticism and length, he does have a little bit more flexibility than Dexter has. Even like he can play three tech. I think that's where he fits really well. Mm-hmm. But with Pickens, you know you can slide him out to four tech, right, or maybe inside the you know two eye or even one, right. So you know I think that's a fun element with both these guys is that they are like enough to move around and you mentioned Andrew Billings he played nose tackle if I remember correctly with the Raiders so you know mm-hmm. he's a guy who you put you put him in zero tech and hey maybe you move some guys around Demarcus Walker right you know he's six foot four 280 he could probably go inside a little bit right if you want to do some odd man fronts you know, kind of mix things up a little bit like Dominique Robinson uses bend around the edge so you know I think there's a lot of different ways that you can use these guys a lot of multiplicity like you said I would have loved to get an actual edge in this draft right you know add to that rotation but you know I do think like you said earlier you know interior defensive line talent can help the edge guys you know it's a symbiotic relationship they play off of each other and you know hey you're, you're setting up a foundation there you know hopefully they can add more to that edge room because again you know what you have right now not a super diverse room right i'd want mm-hmm. to get more or a c- contrasting skill sets in there, but I do like the talent, the raw talent that you're working with here. They're gonna have the work cut out for them to get these guys to their ceiling again, because neither one is quite there yet. But you know, I do think that's that's you know, it's it's as exciting as it is uncertainty bringing right, because yeah. you know you can a lot of room to keep building them up. It's just a matter of can you get them to that point. So some uncertainty for sure, but Pickens in particular, I do think he's got a, a really good functional floor to go along with this ceiling.
1: Yeah, there was a guy, uh, Keon White, he was pretty high on my list that I was kind of hoping they would snag. And when that didn't happen, I was a little bummed out. But I, I, I do agree with you on all the levels. It's nice to have guys that you can move around and put in different places on the line, because last year, they just didn't have much flexibility at all. And it really showed especially deeper in the season when injuries started happening. And they just really couldn't figure it out. There was a reason the Bears allowed the most or second most rushing yards in the league. One of the things I really liked about Zach Pickens uh, well, that I learned about him as I was doing one of my podcasts was that he was had the opportunity to actually go into the NFL draft before last season and decided to stay because he wanted to specifically work on another pass rush move. And so not technically that he's a pass rusher, but he does have the ability to get to a quarterback and kind of create some chaos there, which that's good to see also because interior guys being able to have some versatility is obviously a, b- a beneficial thing to have on your defensive line. Um, and it was really interesting, actually, because Luke Getzey, he was the coach for one of the teams for the Senior Bowl this season. And I had a lot of questions around that saying, like, you know, how much is this going to help Luke, Luke Getzey? How many guys is he going to find that he's seeing personally at the Senior Bowl? Uh, come to find out Tyreek Stevenson, Zach Pickens, and Darnell Wright were all on his team. And then obviously Roshan, which we'll get to also, was on the opposing team. So he definitely got a little extra insight from some of the Guys, that maybe other coaches that weren't there and working with them specifically may have seen. But let's go back to Tyreek. Um, obviously, corner. He's uh, corner out of Miami. He. I've heard a lot of really good things about. I didn't know a ton about him personally. I didn't follow Miami. Miami football the whole time but you gave him a B plus on this tell us a little bit about Tyreek and what he could be for the Bears because also I mentioned cornered for me was another I, I definitely wanted to address corner it wasn't in my top three but it was probably right behind that because I do think that they'll move Kyler Gordon to that nickel slot corner and have him on the outside is that where you see Tyreek fitting and tell us a little bit about him
2: yeah i think that's the appeal but one of the biggest parts of his appeal for the bears is that stevenson can play the slot or outside you know people you know people look at his time in miami but he transferred over from georgia and when he was at georgia he played the hybrid star you know position in the slot so he was you know crashing to the box you know he's manning up guys out of the slot position uh now he went to miami because he wanted an opportunity on the boundary he wanted to play a boundary cornerback role and he excelled in it so i think he's earned every opportunity to stay at the boundary if they want to move Kyler into the slot but you know I think at the very least, he does give you that flexibility where he has that inbuilt ability to play the slot if you need him to, right? But, you know, b- beyond that, you know, on the boundary, uh, he's got a great build, six foot, over 200 pounds, right? It's really strong, dense, compact, and also over 32-inch arms, so he can get in- inside guys' frames, very physical. But one thing that I really liked on his profile watching him on the boundaries that he's very disciplined with his footwork you very rarely see him jam before he's in position right you know some guys rush a little bit too much Mm -hmm. some guys are a little impatient but stevenson you know he's got fast feet and he's very disciplined he's letting he's using his feet first letting the wide receiver you know kind of dictate the rep but not not to the point where he's in control right stevenson is maintaining positioning you know and he's staying patient and disciplined you know at the point when the receiver does commit upfield he's got the explosiveness to carry him the rest of the way so i think you know that explosiveness, that discipline, all of those combined traits for me, you know, those are some really appealing parts of Stevenson's profile. He can improve as a as a playmaker at the at the catch point at times. Sometimes he'll lose track of the ball and he's tracking, you know, back towards the pass right. Uh, but I do think, and he's not the most fluid guy. That was another thing. Like he, I think he has good hip fluidity, but. There are some times when you know especially breaking inside on posts right or or digs right you know if he needs to sink and kind of bend really quickly you know he does experience a delay sometimes so you know i think but i do think you know if you can teach him to use his length a little more effectively because he's very disciplined with his footwork i think there there is some room for him to keep refining his precision with his strikes but you know if you can teach him to use that those traits effectively he's got the explosiveness he's got the size the reach the recovery speed uh, in the physical demeanor, I think he can really be a good player.
1: Yeah, and it looks like just from the numbers that he had at Miami it, during that time, he had three interceptions and it looks like 11 or so passes defended during that time, so it also looks like he's one of the guys that are able to find where the ball's at, and that's that's good. I think a lot of the questions, some that you get with corners and safeties, I guess, you, when you're looking at that secondary and in general, are the guys who can really finish the tackles because we'll see them make that initial play and really finishing it sometimes is the issue, and that's a positive that I've heard of Tyreek. Um, I'm excited about that one. Like I said, I didn't know a whole lot, but it it's definitely a position, another need. And one of the things that I liked that Ryan Poles did in this draft was he addressed the needs and at the same time, it it was the value matched the need, and I like that because sometimes we see coaches they just go strictly with okay. It was on the board; it was the next guy on the board, and it may not be a necess- necessarily a need. It looked like Ryan Poles was able to at least for the most part hit on both with the majority of these picks. Uh, so moving on now, obviously uh, Roshon Johnson, running back out of Texas. The thing with him, obviously, he's behind Bijan Robinson, and when you're behind a guy like Bijan who was just Probably one of, if not the best running back in college football last season. It's, you're not going to be talked about as much, but a lot of people still had really, really good things to say with Roshan. You gave a, this pick a B-plus uh, with that pick 115. So some thoughts on Roshan.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, for what you're drafting him for, you know, the utility back in that rotation, it can be very good for you, you know, and they have Deontay Foreman on only a one-year deal, right? So, you know, once this year is up, you know, you might have instability again in that position. I think Roshan is the perfect prospect to add with that kind of situation because, you know, I do think with added volume, he can actually be a good player. You know, he's six foot 220, um, you know he's not elite when it comes to his lateral agility and hip flexibility right but again i think he's an explosive long strider he's got enough burst to hit holes effectively you know he's a very urgent you know violent runner in, in tight spaces and you know you got the contact balance with him you can turn through contact uh very physical again very urgent i love the high energy style that he prov- that he provides but then at the same time too you know he's he's got good route running ability i think he's you know an able receiver and then one of the best pass blocking running backs in this class so you never have to feel you know worried you know you never. Have to yes. feel trepidatious about putting him out out there on third down you know he's got that ability too uh, but then he he's got the frame and I think the running style to potentially take on you know added volume if you need him to so you know I like the versatility the utility with him again I don't know if the upside is elite and like you mentioned you know Bijan was above him for a reason but yeah. Bijan is Bijan right it's a high bar to clear mm-hmm. so you know th- there aren't many running backs who would have started over Bijan I don't think there's any that would have so you know it's not a knock on Rashawn Johnson that he was the number two and you know, I think that, you know, it, it does reflect well on Rashawn, too, that, you know, he stayed. You know, obviously, no one would have faulted him if he did transfer, right? But he stayed. He, he knew he had a role and he wanted to help the team. And I, I, I can imagine the coaches at least like to see that, right? He's a former quarterback, so he's a team guy. You know, I think, you know, having that all-around utility is really going to help him. You know, he's a very stable part of your rotation. But I do think he has enough upside to potentially make make something out of a chance if he gets it. So I, I like what he brings from a physical north-south perspective as a runner. But then everything else as well, You know, only bonuses, only positives on that front.
1: Yeah, I, I love all of the positives, especially when it comes off the field. And the pass blocking was a huge one for me, which I think sometimes you don't talk about enough when it comes to your running backs. I was a little worried about that because David Montgomery was kind of that guy for us. And when David left... Khalil Herbert just wasn't as good as it, and I don't think Deontay Foreman is really that guy either. So it's fun to know that we have a guy that is actually, you know, can kind of take over that role with David Montgomery being gone. Um, okay, next pick, pick round four, pick 133. Obviously, if you look at the Bears' offensive weapons at this point last year compared to right now that last year we had darnell mooney byron pringle equinemia st brown and bayless jones were our starting wide receiver core last year and now it's dj moore darnell mooney chase claypool and tyler scott with this pick uh you gave this one an a what 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 led to that a grade for tyler scott
0: support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's SYLVAN29.com.
2: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, The Future of Work It was mainly the value, right? And uh, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool both up for new contracts next offseason, right? So I feel I wanted them to hit wide receiver at some point in this draft, and there was a lot of value in that day three range. But, you know, in round four, I think Tyler Scott especially, the vertical element that he provides, right? I don't think he's similar to Darnell Mooney as a player, but right? I think Darnell Mooney, Mooney is a better separator, a better route runner in the short and intermediate phases. Scott okay. is more of a true vertical guy. You know, he's not great at selling those routes from the short and intermediate ranges, but if you need him to manipulate a DB heading to the stem, if you need him to gain separation upfield and stretch the field and you know, really put DBs in a tough situation too, but then if you give him a shot downfield, he's got the instincts to really, you know, hawk on passes extend beyond his frame too. And, you know, I do think he has the, the, the tool is the agility to twitch the sync, to really hone his route running ability and other ranges too so you know i think what you're looking at on day one is a, is a vertical but also you know a drag threat you can get him underneath as well but you know he's a guy who definitely has that vertical speed that mooney has definitely has the the ability to extend and contort beyond his frame and stuff like that so you know i think at that point you know, he was a top 100 prospect for me because of that vertical dynamic ability so getting that at that point Uh, was very fun and i think you're working with a lot of tools there so you know again rotational value he's a he's a vertical uh, threat he can stretch the field for sure he can generate some big plays but at the same time too, I think the athletic tools are there to kind of refine and kind of expand his skill set as time goes on. And especially with, you know, uncertainty brewing in that receiver core. Mm-hmm. Get a guy who can, you know, gain chemistry with Justin Fields over time and kind of, you know, get brought up with him. And I think it'll it'll pay dividends for them down the line.
1: Yeah. And I think in addition to building the chemistry with Justin, it also is basing you're drafting a guy based off of Justin Fields' strengths. And his strengths clearly are kind of that, that deep field passes. He struggles a lot with the short intermediate, which obviously they said they were going to focus on this last season so hopefully we kind of figure that out a little bit more because you need to be able to complete passes on all levels especially in this passing league but it is somebody who directly kind of complements what Justin Fields is good at when it comes to the receiving game so that'll be fun uh, next pick round five for with pick 148 they pick Noah Sewell Obviously, everyone knows this last name because the other the brother is in what is in our division, so it was a very familiar one. They addressed linebacker uh, pretty well in the uh, in the free agency. Obviously, adding Tremaine Edmonds and T.J. Edwards, and they already had Jack Sanborn, who really kind of shined last season. Uh, this was uh, to me made sense, though. You know, it's a round five pick. It adds some line da- uh, linebacker depth, and what goes on beyond that within these next few years? What exactly Sewell's uh, – role will be on the Bears I'm not quite sure right away but it could be someone who could start up to get up to a starting position in that group and obviously the linebacker core the linebacker group in general in Chicago is always really important uh, so tell us a little bit you gave us an A- minus with this Sewell pick
2: yeah, looking back, maybe I, I would have been a little more critical. Again, I I sound like a broken record, but the edge talent, I don't remember which edges were on the board at this point, so I can't I can't, you know, provide names right off the right off the top of the hat. But, you know, maybe that was something I would consider here, especially with like you mentioned, the moves they made at linebacker this off season. I didn't think it was something they really needed to address. But again, I mean, you're playing the value of the board here. And Noah Sewell, you know, definitely he definitely his stock cooled since the preseason, right? But he's still a guy who I think has that size speed athleticism that you look for at a at linebacker, you know, very strong, dense frame, you know, we can hold up a contact. You know, I think with him the biggest thing is You know, just, you know, he's got range, too. He's got good explosiveness. So all the tools are there. It's just a matter of, you know, learning to play with more confidence, more physicality, you know, a little bit faster trigger when you're reading and reacting to plays, right? So I think right away he can be a very good special teamer, and he does provide depth there, right? You know, I'm not sure what's the need. But again, especially in round five, there's only so much you can scrutinize, right? Day three, you know, that's really when you play the value of the board. You let guys fall to you. And if a guy like Noah Sewell comes to you, you know, to me, I think getting those traits in that linebacker room at the very least you know, there are multiple ways that you can use it. So, you know, not something I'm going to criticize because you do play the value, you got good value. And, you know, if it does pan out, if something were to happen at linebacker and you can teach him to, you know, kind of expand his skill set beyond the physical traits, he could end up being a good
1: player for you. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through real quick just to see if some of the edges that were beyond that. A few picks later, Seattle grabbed Mike Morris out of Michigan. So that was one. Uh, Nick Hampton uh, out of App State went a little bit later. B.J. Thompson uh, out of Stephen F. Austin. So it looked like it might they might have been just kind of running out. of uh, Robert Beal out of Georgia. Um, those are some I'm, of
2: the... I might have considered Nick Hampton. Okay. He was just outside top 100. So but he, he's he's a guy who is, you know, again, explosive, high motor. He's got good ankle flexion, but really good accelerated capacity, uh, really good proportional length, too. So I would have maybe considered Nick Hampton there. But, again, you know, like you said, uh, Mike Morris, to me, is kind of, kind of what they don't need any more of, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Travis Gibson, Demarcus Walker, those are guys who kind of blend, blend the line between defensive end and, and, and edge. So, and Mike Morris is kind of that same mold. So I would have liked a little bit more uh, variability in, in the edge rotation. So if Nick Hanson is the only one there, you know, it is looking a little sparse. So I can see why they went linebacker.
1: Yeah, and obviously next, uh, another cornerback, they got Terrell Smith out of Minnesota. Uh, there's some, I, I I was very, I liked our secondary last year. I think they would have even been better if there was any help up front whatsoever, but th- we definitely needed some corner depth because after uh, Jalen and Kyler, there wasn't much at all. So obviously they knew they had to address that. Jalen Johnson, though, coming into a contract year two, So that has a little bit of a question mark. So those picks start to make even more sense. You give this one an A minus. So uh, let us know a little bit about Terrell
2: yeah for sure i mean at this point you're drafting for traits a lot of the time and he's six foot 204 with near 33 inch arms so again really strong frame. they're following a similar blueprint to tyreek stevenson here you know okay. you got a strong frame you can hold up a contact but it has the link to disrupt at the catch point too um we got to i got to look at him up close and personal in in person at the shrine bowl and that he was playing on the defense there and he made some really nice plays uh he was you know fluid in coverage you know managing space really well Fleet-footed athlete who transitions very easily for his size. He's got 4-4-1 speed, too. So I think with Terrell Smith, you're getting a – you know, he's he's got starting experience. He's got all the traits. I think he could be a very good rotational guy right away. But I do think maybe a starting upside in the NFL, if he can continue to hone a few parts of the game. He's one of those guys where, you know, you just look at the measurables. Every little thing checks the box. He's got the weight. He's got the length. He's got the speed. You know, he's got the short area agility to to mirror and match guys at that point. Yeah, you know, I think he's really worth the investment. At round five, I, I really like the value there.
1: Well, and Ian that we did not have a round six pick, but they had two round seven. So at two eighteen they took defensive tackle Travis Bell more on the trenches. I think we um definitely see a type with Ryan Poles and Eber Fleuse, and it kind of shines through all of their picks and that goes from one to seven, the type of guy that they seem to like. Uh so Travis Bell I think fits kind of that same body type, same type of play. Uh you gave it a B plus.
2: Yep natural leverage, proportional length. Again, the guy who's foot 10", 33 inch nearly uh, in the arm department. So another guy who, you know, again, can get under opponents a little more easily with that height uh, and then can can drive more power with his hands, you know, with that length as well. So, but he tested very well. He was very productive at Kennesaw State too. So you know, I think at that point, again, you're going with traits, but you're getting a guy in the rotation with the tools to build off of. I like that pick a lot. I think, uh, you know, for the value, for sure. I think in round seven, you know, what you're doing is making the traits. He's got it for sure. And then Williamson with the other round seven pick again. Oh. I think he profiles mainly as a special teamer. He wasn't, he yeah. didn't have a ton of production. Stanford, but I think the traits again. I mean, six one two oh two. 4-4-9 uh, four, four, speed so again the speed the the strength with frames to be a good gunner right I think that's what you're getting at that point but I am more I am intrigued by Travis Bell I'm intrigued to see you know kind of how he progresses because you look at the numbers and he's got the tools
1: yeah and I think with the uh, with the safety position the Bears are pretty comfortable with Jaquan Brisker he had a really good season last year and obviously Eddie Jackson too both of those kind of solidify that role obviously you want depth there just in case of some injuries they drafted a guy Elijah Hicks last season um, who had he had moments last year that shined other questionable moments but obviously when you're a rookie especially in the defensive back position you're going to see that so uh, a couple more for you before I let you go so overall it looks like most of them were a lot of A's B's pluses so overall would you say that Ryan Poles was able to meet the majority of needs that he needed but at also a decent to high value
2: yeah, for sure. I think overall, for the most part, he, he did what he needed to do. I think getting that right tackle in round one was obviously one of the biggest needs. You know, I think getting Darnell going can be a great fit for you. Uh, I think you upgraded the corner room, which looking at the, you know, impending free agents there, you know, I think that wasn't a bad decision at all, especially getting a guy who's versatile. Like Tyreek stevenson i really like that move uh, defensive line you know i i scrutinized because they didn't add an edge and i would have liked them to add an edge but like you said earlier you know defensive tackle edge they they basically need to need they, they need more guys all across the line uh, so i think you know doubling up a defensive tackle with javon dexter and zach Dickens, two guys who are you know they've got a ton of upside and they're getting travis bell very late another dart throw who could end up you know providing value for you so i think that was good Rashawn Johnson's stability uh, at, at running back, too, and then a guy who you're, you're not scared to put him out there to protect Justin Fields if he needs to. Tyler Scott, great value deal, dynamic, vertical threat. You know, again, that speed, that long strider speed. And then uh, you mentioned that Justin Fields wasn't, as good in the short range too, the accuracy one thing i like about scott is that you know again you know he attacks the ball in the air you know he's like a predator you know just kind of uh-huh. extending beyond his frame just kind of honing in on it too so i love how he can precisely attack the ball and i think especially for passes that are a little bit inaccurate a little bit out of his wheelhouse he does have the vertical athleticism and the reach to go up for it and get it so i like that part of his game too how he fits there but so yeah overall i think They got value. They filled a few needs. They reinforced some very important positions. And I think, you know, overall, it's a a success with any draft. Of course, you need to kind of, you know, you need to take a step back and and wait to see what happens. Right. It's up to them to prove it. But, um, you know, I do think on paper, it it looks pretty good.
1: I like it. So final one for you, Ian, before I let you go skewing away from the Bears a little bit. Was there anybody's draft that you were kind of looking at and saying what are they doing or a little concerned at the way they approached it? Was there any specific team that kind of stood out to you in that way?
2: Uh, not not too much. I thought it was actually a solid draft overall. I know I'm, I'm way too agreeable as a draft analyst. Uh, like, I, But it's like if, if your team, I'm not going to criticize them too much because it's up to them to prove it if I didn't necessarily agree with it. Like I know a lot of people criticize the Lions for their first round, drafting uh-huh. Jameer Gibbs where he did, Jack Campbell as well. You know, maybe not where I would have taken them. Gibbs was near, he was my 15th overall prospect. So I can see it. He's versatile for sure. But, um, you know, again, even though I didn't agree with it, right, you know, it's up to them to prove it. If they have a vision for that, it's not my, it's, you know, it's not my place to say like, oh, that's a, that's the wrong one, yeah. right? We need to see how it plays out uh the 49ers drafting a kicker in round three that one was a little that one was a little uh, over the top for yeah. me personally I'm, I'm not I'm not a big special teams guy mm-hmm. in the middle rounds because it's such a volatile position right you know I, I there's a lot of good players at other positions available at that point so that was one where I was like come on man but I mean the 49ers <laughs> Kyle Shanahan has proven he can you know keep keep them competitive no matter what I guess so yeah you know, hey you can do what you want but overall you know I thought it was a pretty good draft for every team I think uh you know there were a few C pluses in there a few B minuses. Minuses, but overall, you know, a lot of so, and I think that's kind of a reflection of this draft class, especially with the COVID year, a lot of players yeah. rolling back and kind of returning, you know, a lot of depth in this class that you were not really accustomed to seeing, but there were guys going in round six or round seven that were in my top 150, right? So it's like, you know, when you score those value deals, that can be, that can be the difference we've seen, you know, getting those gems at that point can be very valuable. And I think a lot of teams capitalize on that. So I'm excited to see how it progresses.
1: Was there a player that dropped, that started to drop or that dropped that you were super surprised went- as late as they did
2: yeah for sure there were a few uh isaiah mcguire missouri edge rusher going to the cleveland browns he's a guy that i would have liked for the bears to get six four uh, around 270 but he's again very explosive he's actually very bendy for his size too so i think he provides some elements of a, of a pure edge rusher but also the size and power of a guy who can move around a little bit so i had a top 50 grade on him he went early day three to the okay. browns so i was a big fan of his um uh, Morrow Jomo going to the eagles in round seven and then the guy who's around six three two ninety Two, I want to say, 34 inch arms, really good power profile. AT Perry, wide receiver from mm-hmm. Wake Forest going to the Saints. I loved that value. Uh, he's a guy who's, you know, got a really wide reach as a pass catcher too, but also a very nuanced separator. Xavier Hutchinson going to the to uh, the Texans I think in round 6 as well too. Versatile, he can play in and out, you know, he's got really good catching instincts. So, yeah, there were a few a lot of really good value deals I think across the board and I got a Milwaukee Ware from mm-hmm. Northwestern going to the Colts early round or early round uh 4, another yeah, really one, good value deal so. Yeah, that one
1: surprised yeah, that was a good me. Yeah, he, for sure.
2: he, I he's going to go with all the hype with his testing numbers man, yeah I thought he might be a surprise round one guy so seeing yeah. see him fall into day three that uh, was pretty surprising but hey I mean that's just how how the cookie crumbles sometimes the the board falls that way and you know people people capitalize so I think You know, that variability is always an exciting wrinkle each April. So, you know, I think there were a few for sure, but the overall, you know, teams capitalized on value. I think it was a pretty good, pretty good class overall.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to look at. in you know, four years when we're talking about the fifth year options and who's signing and who's not signing, because right now the amount of guys that were not signed to their fifth year option from that 2020 class and you're looking at that 2020 class and you're like, wow, there's a lot of misses, a lot of misses that year. Um, So it'll be interesting to look back. I mean, look back on this. You know, like four years from now, when we're talking about what who's made it and who hasn't made it, I just hope that we're looking at an offensive line that allows like at least half the sacks of last season. That's what I'm asking at this point. Um, but Ian, thanks again uh, for everyone listening. His name's Ian Cummings. It's I see underscore draft. He works for Pro Football Network. Um, Obviously, he is very in depth. I I appreciate all of you guys who put this work in because it is a lot of work covering all of these players and to really dive deep into drafts and needs for specific teams because everything's so so different. But uh, Ian, again, thanks for joining me.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I
1: appreciate it. All right, have a good one. Thanks. Thanks to Ian. Um, obviously, that was a really good evaluation. And I, I saw a lot of really good grades around the NFL in general of everyone grading everyone to draft. So it wasn't just Ian who had a lot of good positive grades. And whether that just be because people are becoming more accepting of the fact that you really have to see these guys on the football field with an NFL team, with their new teams, with their new coaches before you can truly evaluate them. That makes sense, obviously. But also, uh, I when you're looking at it as a whole, it, teams are really starting to lock down on, you know, whether it's value or whether it's positional need. And then from so you can grade it on each side. And um, so it, it definitely I would like to see some F's, especially if it's for like the other NFC North teams. But uh, I don't personally want the Bears to have F's, obviously. But if it's like Detroit and Packers and Lions getting F's, I'm all for it. Um and I, I, there are some question marks for all three of those teams of people that they drafted. But I also had a little bit of question marks for the Bears as a whole. I personally like the draft. I think they really addressed the trenches, which was what was needed majorly. They added a lot of depth in that corner room. They gave them another weapon. Um, so I think it's a positive. I think there's a lot of good things to look at. But obviously, we'll see in camp. We'll see once the season starts what really happens with some of these guys. Uh, but I definitely will say that this team is a better team than it was a year ago because there was uh, still quite a lot of holes at that point. Um, I am heading vacation now, so I'm clocking out. I will talk to you guys sometime, maybe late next week, maybe the week after, depending how I feel when I actually get back. Again, uh, I'm Taylor Dahl, and this is Making Monsters.